Now Wayne talks to Mr David Roberts, the Chief Executive of the Department of Health and Human Services in Tasmania. Dave, thanks very much for your time this morning. Pleasure. Good to meet you. Thank you. The uh, first question I'd like to ask you is, is your view on where you see the healthcare industry heading over the next five to ten years? Well, that's a big question, isn't it? And there's plenty of things happening. And I suppose um, recently coming to Australia gives me a perspective from both the UK, the US and, and now Australia. So I'll try and reflect on some of those views as we go through. But what I'm tending to see as an, as a, an international trend is um, a much more of a focus on being much more responsive to patients. You know, we often talk about the, the old days when Ford used to make a car in any colour you like as long as it was black. And um, I think health services have been much more focused in, in the past around giving patients what they think they need and what they want. But I think in the future is actually truly about giving them things that they want and need in the way that they want to need them. So uh, it's going to be much more around bespoking services for them. It's going to be much more around focused on what clients say to us that they need and designing services around them. And there are some really important international trends uh, taking us in that direction. So I think it is about being much more responsive to, to our clients. I think it's also about integration the world over. And actually industry the world over is really understanding that you have to build stronger components, join things up much more carefully and cleverly. And I think healthcare is very rapidly moving towards an assimilation of all its component parts. You know, we still talk about secondary and primary care being joined up, but we really haven't figured out how we do that. And that's where the quality outcomes are. That's where the best practice is. And that's where the cost effectiveness and efficiencies um, seem to lie. So again, around the world, some exciting examples of that emerging. And I think for us here in Australia, that will be another key component of that. I think we'll probably see some changes in the trends that have been happening. So a much greater focus on specialisation, more highly highly qualified people um, doing more specialised tasks um, is probably going to have to come to an end. It really is taking us down a path which uh, we cannot sustain, the industry is unlikely to be able to sustain. And I think we're going to see uh, a greater focus coming back to more generic skills being applied in generic environments across generic problems. And I think chronic disease and the way we're going to, ha- mul- um, we're going to handle multiple pathologies for our client groups as they're ageing is going to require us to be often uh, less specialised and more generic in our approaches. And that will in turn change the way we run our healthcare systems. It will have to. We'll have to respond to, to those needs um, very, very carefully. And of course, I suppose the large um, area around what the future looks like is technology. I mean, it's already been driving hugely what happens in healthcare. And I don't mean computers, I mean technology in its much broader sense. You know, 40%, and they reckon in America, 40% of the increase in costs year on year is driven by just the technology alone. And we're seeing that again here in, in Australia is a very substantial part of what we're responding to. And we're going to have to change our systems to accommodate that technology because that technology is now demanded by our patients and clients. And uh, we must get better and better at both building the use of that technology within our systems but also allowing that technology to play its rightful part. So I think there's a collection of things there. I think the future is very exciting indeed, if not very challenging, both for our staff, our organisations and um, and also our, our clients, our patients. President Obama has part of his reaction to the global crisis, as you know, is proposing to put a lot of money into uh, 
the uh, e-health and e-medical records and so on with a view to getting a return in greater efficiency in the future. Do you, do you see that that's a, a worthwhile initiative? Well, if, if for those researchers out there who will clearly show you the evidence to suggest that this is true, if integration and true integration is where we need to get to, um, then what we do know from the research as well, from very fine examples, is that you cannot have an integrated healthcare delivery system without e-health. So his push and his now quite bold plans in, in America are ones that we should all be watching and they will in themselves drive an opportunity for us all to focus on IT solutions to the agenda of integration. So I would say he's absolutely right. The question is, it's a, it's a vexed point around information technology and healthcare. Few have done it successfully, but I do think, like the banks, like the automotive industry, like the airline industry, who are equally finding integration a challenge, you have to go there and you have to get there and you have to make your systems work for you. Yeah. Um, so it's a holy grail which I hope President Obama can get to. And I'm sure we can lead in some places and some parts and also follow in others. But integration requires you to have high levels of um, information technology to underpin and support it. And I know the department is currently in implementing a, a statewide clinical services plan. What benefits do you think this will bring about for the state and the uh, uh, citizens here? Yeah, so Tasmania, um, I think... A couple of years ago, we decided that um, we had to put some order into the way we were organising ourselves. We, we wanted to make sure that we had a very clear strategy that we could articulate not only to our staff, uh, the individual organisations, but our patients. We also had a very clear focus that we needed to overcome some critical mass issues that are pertinent to Tasmania. Other parts of Australia equally would have similar things in mind, but for those um, of your listeners that know about Tasmania, they'll know we have quite a disparate population spread around uh, the, the state, and critical mass is an issue. We also knew we had to get our head around way, the way we were going to organise the various strands of our healthcare delivery. So the Clinical Services Plan has really ordered our thinking in that regard, and has given us a platform to articulate that more widely than has been uh, previously the case. Now we're going to celebrate our two years uh, having released that, that strategy in, on the 4th of May actually. The Minister's going to make rightfully a big um, play around what that is actually saying and what it's achieved. For us it's enabled us to build stronger clinical teams between the South and the North, particularly focused around specialist services, clinical services, making sure that we can get the critical mass around cancer services, neurosurgery and the likes in an appropriate location, but also that we can get the more subtleties of healthcare sorted out, like a transportation system which has evaded us for a long time, which is, is focused on taking a patient to the right place more quickly where we do have the professionals in play, giving us an investment strategy around our buildings, our information technology, around our equipment and a, a strategy around our workforce. So there are a whole range of things that it's enabled us to do. And we're really pretty um, pleased the way it's been going in two years. We've achieved something in the order of 70% of the things we set out to in that two years. We've got another year to go before that project formally comes to a close. And as you would expect, we've already started to think through or begun to think through strategies that take us beyond that. Mm -hmm. So um, it's an exciting time. We think it's been worthwhile. We'd encourage anyone uh, else out there to do something very similar, really getting to grips with understanding 
the process of care in the state and what is effectively a closed system for here in Tasmania. That bit of water makes a very large difference to the way we have to respond to a whole range of uh, the agendas that we've got. And Dave, you've worked in senior positions in the UK, the US and now Australia. What sort of similarities and differences do you see between those countries and do you think there's things that in Australia we can learn from overseas and also vice versa? Oh, absolutely. What staggers me, absolutely staggers me, is the, um, the absolute similarity between the issues. Cultures are different, people respond differently, but the problems are exactly the same. Strangely, even though culturally we, we of different countries come from different places, the way we're solving the problems is also very similar. We may well be coming from a different end. So I think from America, they're coming from a highly deregulated, heavily privatised system, but they're moving much more towards a centre point of high integration with a, a much greater degree of, of public investment um, in their system. In fact, I think they've just exceeded 55% of all healthcare in America is funded by the government, which is often not understood by people. To a system that I obviously understand well, like the UK, which is a heavily centralised system um, where everybody is covered for every, um, everything in respect of healthcare, to where we are in Australia, which is somewhere in between. And the reality is we're all striving for the same things, how we um, deal with an ageing population with a huge increase in chronic disease, which you know, I would include the cancers in the chronic disease arena now, and how we actually manage that um, at a time when there is workforce constraint, when technology, as we've talked about earlier, is driving our systems, when public expectation is raise, raising hugely, and what they think and demand of our systems is changing. And wherever you go in the world, everyone's trying to tackle that. They're just coming from a different place. The solutions are absolutely transferable in many, many, many cases. Uh, we just sometimes have to um, approach things in a slightly different way for a period of time. But the lessons are there to be learned. There are things for, for America and the UK to learn from. Australia, I think we have uh, an excellent aged care system, which in the UK we would love to have in terms of the way we build our aged care packages here. And there are things that we can learn most definitely from America and from the UK. And I think we should do that. We should be bold enough, open enough and honest enough to accept that that is, is the case. What do you see as the key issues facing the Department of Health and Human Services in terms of trying to attract and retain the senior level talent in the organisation? Yeah, it's a challenge. And again, for, uh, for people listening, they'll, they'll have a perspective in terms of, um, of where they are in the, in the market and what their demographic is. For us here in TAS, we are a little bit more remote. Uh, fortunately, not too far away that the um, Qantas and Virgin still are supporting us, fortunately. I hope that continues with frequent flights to the mainland. But isolation is an issue for us down here in terms of it's a fantastic place to come. The days are often bright and sunny and the weather is, um, is, is, is excellent. What we do know, this isn't just a money issue. We do often struggle to attract senior executives and senior leaders, um, not just executives, actually leaders across the whole system. Um, because we can't pay enough, even though our lifestyle issues are, are great. I, I tend to think that um, people will be attracted to a healthcare system which they can see there is a clear direction, they see that they have a valuable contribution to make, that their skills that they have learned in the past or that they can grow into in the future to enable them to progress are there for them. They will look um, heavily towards those sorts of 
of issues and I think it's a balance between the lifestyle, the environment, the system in which we're operating, the, the values by which we, we operate, the, the dignity and respect approach that we take to all of our staff is I think another important feature. Um, and as such, um, we, uh, we need and want to attract excellent people and broadly speaking are doing so. There aren't many jobs that remain vacant for too long, although we do have to work hard to attract the very best from either in the state or out of the state. And uh, what competencies do you think today's senior healthcare executive needs to, to be successful? I think increasingly um, senior leaders need to be um, very aware of the environment in which they're operating. They need to be much more responsive to uh, the people that they are there to serve, and that's our patients. Um, I think listening skills are an absolute um, prerequisite that I would look for, somebody with a competence to be able to interpret interpret for clients and interpret them back for our staff what actually it is that we need to do. I mean, there are all the old management cliches about being a good leader, being a good manager, and of course we expect those. Being a good financial manager, we expect those. But I think increasingly what I'm looking for is a high degree of competence in managing the agenda that we've got, which is actually managing the interface between our health professionals and our clients. And that's a skill which is, is, uh, is hard to find and one that needs often to be developed over many years. If you were uh, perhaps mentoring a person in healthcare that was looking to start a, a career, perhaps even mid-career, and they wanted to be successful into the future, what would be your advice to them? Oh, that's a difficult question. Um, what would be my advice to them? Um, be true to themselves. Be focused on, um, on what they're trying to achieve. Uh, never forget the patient but also become politically aware, financially astute, um, and take every opportunity to learn from others. Expose yourself to anything and everything around the world and take the best of all those things to make, to make a difference. Thanks very much for your time today. Pleasure.